when we think about it, the Christmas story is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's filled with the mystery of human impossibilities mixed with encounters with the divine. There's the, the scandal of a pre-marriage pregnancy. An undying love from a man who knows he is not the father, yet is willing to be a dad. We have the lowly shepherds contrasted with the heavenly host, one filled with awe and the other with triumphant praise. We have the intrigue of a midnight escape to another country under the threat of death. There's just so many things that are caught up in that story, but we also have this wonder of God made flesh. The mixing of two worlds, the the physical and the spiritual, coming together quietly, unassumingly, one night. The long-expected Messiah arrived, yet in an unexpected way. What Luke took 2,500 words to say, John says in just four, the word became flesh. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this is he of whom it is said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. By the way, have you received one blessing after another? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. John declares to us that Jesus revealed an invisible God to us. Back in 1960, which um, was a few years ago, there was a comedy couple, you may have heard of them, uh, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. You ever heard those two names? 
Yep, yep, yep. Well, they've done an awful lot since the 60s, but they used to have a comedy routine. And they did several different things, but there was one skit that actually caught on and they even turned it into a cartoon eventually. Have you, do you remember the comedy skit, The 2,000-Year-Old Man? Do you remember that skit? Well, in that skit, uh, Mel Brooks plays the 2,000-year-old man, and Rob Reiner is like a, a reporter. He's interviewing Mel Brooks, the 2,000-year-old man. And at one point, Reiner asks the 2,000-year-old man, did you always believe in the Lord? And Brooks answers, no. We had a guy in our village by the name of Phil, and for a time, we worshipped him. And Reiner asked, you worshipped a guy named Phil? Why? Because he was big and mean, and he could break you in two with his bare hands. Did you have prayers? Oh, yes. Would you like to hear one? (laughs) Oh, Phil, please do not be mean and hurt us and break us in two with your bare hands. So, when did you start worshiping the Lord? And Brooks says, well, there was one day where there was this big thunderstorm and a lightning bolt came down and struck Phil and killed him dead. And we were all standing around and we were looking at Phil And we said to one another, there's something bigger than Phil. Invisibility does not mean that God does not exist. But that has been the conclusion of some. You remember this guy? Some of y'all remember. This is the first Russian cosmonaut by the name of Yuri Gargarin. Do y'all remember him getting out there? When he was out floating around the earth and looking and observing everything, he famously said, I see no God up here. I've always liked what Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Graham Bell, said in response. She said, he didn't see God up there because he was looking in the wrong place. If he had taken off his spacesuit and had stepped outside of the spaceship, he would have seen God very quickly. (laughs) Even though the essence of God is is spirit and and is unseen, Friends, God has tried through Christ and through his word to reveal himself. John reminds us that that God revealed himself through the law. And the law had and still has a purpose. Yes, it is not salvation. It is to point out that we sin. And in pointing out that we sin, it points to our need for a Savior, for salvation. We know that through practice and through the law, we know that forgiveness comes at a price. 
there must be a shedding of blood. Paul writes over in Galatians, So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified, we might be acquitted by faith. You see, the law's purpose for all of that time was to get mankind to a point of understanding our need for a Savior. So, God then revealed himself in humanity. And as John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. As Jesus of Nazareth, God expressed himself in human form, fully visible, fully audible, fully tangible. But we need to note something here. He did not clothe himself with Christ, with Jesus. He became flesh. Not just clothed in flesh, he became human. Taking on human form with its limitations of space and time. With its physical pain and hunger and fatigue and rocking wild emotions and suffering. In other words, he became like you and like me. Man has tried to grasp hold of the idea of an infinite God dwelling in finite human flesh. And honestly, I think it's going to always be more than we can fully grasp. You know, it inspires some of us to to shouts of, of amen and praise and worship, yet others who are equally curious walk away bewildered, unable to, to understand how God, if there is a God, could possibly enter time and space and even care about mankind, care about them individually. I came across a story of such a man, a kind, decent, moral, mostly good man, generous with his family, lived an upright life, was a man of honesty and integrity, not only with himself but with others. But he just didn't believe all this incarnation stuff, which churches talk about every year coming into Christmas. It just didn't make sense to him. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise that he just couldn't swallow the whole Jesus story about God becoming flesh, coming as a baby. It was just more than he could could reason. I'm truly sorry to disappoint you, he told his wife, but I'm not going to go to church with you this Christmas Eve. 
And he went on to tell her that he, he would feel like a hypocrite if he went. He would rather just stay home and, you know, he would just wait for her and for the kids to come. He would wait up for them as they returned from the midnight service. Well, shortly after the family drove away in their car, snow began to fall. He went to the large living room and looked out the window and saw the flurries turning into flakes, turning into uh, bigger flakes. And then he went back and he sat down in his chair by the fire and he began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he heard a startling thud and then another and then another. And at first he thought somebody was, some kid was out there throwing snowballs at the the window. But he looked out and he saw that there was a flock of birds that were huddled miserably in the snow, apparently caught in the storm. And in a desperate search for shelter, they were trying to fly through his living room window. Well, he couldn't let those poor poor creatures just lie out there and, and, and freeze. So he thought, you know what? There is room for them, more than enough room for them in the barn out back if I can only get them to go in there. So he quickly put on his coat and uh, his boots and tramped out into the deepening snow to the barn. And he opened the doors wide and he cut on the lights out there, but the birds wouldn't come in. Maybe I can entice them, he said. So he went back to the house and went to the kitchen, got a loaf of bread, and he broke some up and put it in the snow right outside the door and put some in where they could see it in the door. But to his dismay... The birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them. But there just wasn't anything he could do to get them to go into the barn. Instead, they just would scatter everywhere, everywhere, except for the safety and the warmth of the lit barn. Then a thought occurred to him. They were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I'm I'm just a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they could trust me, that I'm really trying not to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any move that he tried to do seemed to frighten them, seemed to confuse them and scatter them. They just, they just didn't want to follow, even though it was for their own good. And he thought to himself, If only I could become a bird and I could mingle with them and I could speak their language. Then I could tell them, don't be afraid. 
Then I could show them the way to a safe, warm barn. But I'd have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. And at that moment, the church bells began to ring. In the stillness of that snowy night, he heard the bells start chiming, O come, all ye faithful. And listening to the bells pealing the glad tiding of Christmas, he sank to his knees in the snow. And this man discovered this truth, that the word became flesh. God revealed his grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Jesus was born king of kings and he would become our sacrifice and through him God's glory would be made known. Paul would later write about it this way. He said, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the high place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is Lord, He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we thank you for this time of year. And we thank you for your willingness to come in the flesh and to teach us and to wash us clean through that covenantal sacrifice on the cross that you were willing to shed your own blood for our good. And you taught us what love truly is. Over these next few moments, Lord, hear our hearts, hear our prayers and our worship. May you be glorified. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.